Welcome to Weaver's Beyond the Numbers Real Estate Podcast. I'm Rob Nowak, real estate industry tax partner with Weaver. And as always, I'm joined by my partner and often collaborator, Howard Altshuler, Weaver's partner in charge of real estate services, and apparently bundled up in what looks like a very warm cotton hoodie. Howard, what is the deal with the hoodie? Well, first off, it does say Weaver on it. So I wanted to do a little bit of gratuitous advertising. I I got that. Um, but secondly, we had a little bit of a cold snap, so it's a little chilly in here, and um, just thought I would, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Stay warm and advertise. Uh, to be fair, 51 degrees is not a cold snap. <laughs> okay. Remember, I am from Texas, not from up north like you are. I know, I know. Uh, as, as always, and apparently, this podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes. Nothing said here constitutes professional or fashion advice. Have a question? <laughs> Please call Weaver for help. You can go to weaver.com to find all of our content, white papers, live casts, and more. That's weaver.com. Our guest today is no guest, just the love of real estate and today tax legislation that binds Howard and I together. Howard, um, I know you've got I know you've got questions and you know I've got answers. Of course you've got answers. So, I mean, big things are happening with with tax. Um, let's kind of start with more from a political standpoint, though. And, you know, recently the elections were held in several states, one of which um, was Virginia, one in New Jersey for governors. Yeah. Um, the Democrat governor in New Jersey was reelected, but barely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Virginia was flipped from um, Democrat to Republican. So yeah. I have a funny feeling that has a big impact on what's going to be happening in, you know, in Congress with this. Well, you know, we, we try not to get political, right? We try to be apolitical on this mm-hmm. program, which is important, and, and this is no different. However, um, you know, much of what's happened with respect to tax legislation has revolved around the budget reconciliation process and the infrastructure bill. So we cannot avoid the fact that tax policy is inherently political. And those two pieces of legislation have really turned around the opinions and thoughts of two senators on the spending side, it's really turned around the thoughts of Joe Manchin, um, senator from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia um, is located right next to Virginia. Used to be um, part of Virginia. Absolutely. Now, you know, I, I wrote an article, I want to say, maybe four or five months ago, mm-hmm. where, I, where I sort of predicted that changes in tax legislation were going to come down to whether or not Manchin was on board with spending initiatives. And um, without spending, um, there's no need for tax increases. Enter the senator from Arizona. Um, so Kristen Cinema has stated that, that she does not favor revenue raising provisions through budget reconciliation in the form of tax increases. Manchin does not favor spending through additional infrastructure to the level initially proposed or revenue raising increases through budget reconciliation. Um, you can you can guarantee that, that Joe Manchin saw what happened in Virginia and as the only statewide elected Democrat in the state of West Virginia is paying attention to what happened in the neighboring state, okay? Manchin's very much a moderate. He, I've, I've referred to him as a very moderate Democrat in a very mm-hmm. Republican state. So I think we can expect that, that he is looking at what happened in the neighboring state politically and trying to determine um, how that might impact his opinions and decisions around legislation and budget reconciliation. 
you know, at, at heart, politicians are still in a business and they're in a business to get reelected. I mean, it's you and I were at lunch with somebody, what, maybe a couple of months ago and said mm -hmm. in Washington, you can either do something or be somebody. Right. I really think, you know, Joe's probably uh, Joe Manchin's probably in the uh, caught in the crosshairs of trying to do both of those things. Certainly somebody who wants to get reelected in 2024 and and has to do ha, has to sort of govern his affairs with with that in mind and has really stuck to his guns as he has for the last six months saying no tax increases through budget reconciliation and we need to have some moderate spending as it relates to infrastructure now what does all this have to do with where we're at with tax legislation right now I'm asking the question. Be my next question I, I know I know <laughs> so I'm getting there I'm getting I'm building to a crescendo here um, what we have seen are numerous proposals that have, have gone through the budget reconciliation process, still through House Ways and Means, but through budget reconciliation as opposed to the formal legislative process that have watered down what initially proposed tax increases were. If you remember, let's just talk capital gains at an individual right. level, right, which impact real estate significantly. Initially, we heard, well, cap gain rates for high income tax earners or for, excuse me, for high income earners and in top brackets, that our cap gain rate would mirror the ordinary tax bracket, right? Which meant cap gain rates for high income earners go to 39 from, from plus, 20 plus. Yeah, right from 20 percent to 39 plus plus plus. Okay. Then it became, well, maybe the top cap gain rate will become the old Reagan rate of 28%. Mm -hmm. Okay, still, you know, reverting back to the Reagan tax cuts. Then 28% became 25%. Now, off the table entirely in the most recent legislation is any increase in cap gain rates, but instead proposed legislation would call for a surtax on the top, 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 top earners in the country in the form of, you know, uh, a millionaire's surtax and an alternative minimum tax on the wealthiest U.S. corporations, mm -hmm. you know, something, a book tax that might impact you know, the top two or 300 corporations. So, I mean, the landscape has changed dramatically just through compromise prior to recent legislative activity, I should say prior to recent electoral activity. Mm -hmm. We expect that, you know, folks like Manchin and Cinema are sort of reading the tea leaves in the most recent statewide elections to affirm their stance that, hey, we all need to, to really approach this with an era of cooperation and moderation. And that's to a certain extent what they've been preaching. So I think that was fairly an apolitical dissection yeah, no, of the matter. Agree. So basically then, other than unless you're a you know very successful corporation or a very wealthy individual, do you see basically everything's off the table now in terms of changes to taxes? You know, we took the scenic route, but we got to the same place that we were at the start of the year. So yes, that that's that's I think that's going to be a fair statement. Might there be some changes to things like uh, interest expense deduction? Perhaps. Might there be some movement on the salt cap? Perhaps. But by and large, for the I, I think for many of our clients, we'll probably see we're starting to see that we're going to see an unchanged landscape of tax legislation and rates that remain unchanged. Okay. So then thinking ahead, um, because we are in the thinking ahead business and trying to help our clients, mm -hmm. what do you see as changing or when do you see this maybe being revisited to where our clients should start to be aware and start to be thinking about how do you want to do some planning? Um, because next time things may may move and things may move faster. Right. So, you know, certainly we need to keep our eye on legislation toward the end of the year. 
if there is going to be some action, it's probably going to come in the last 30 days of the year. Okay. After that, now you have to, to imagine we're moving into a pre-electoral season. We're going into the primaries in mm -hmm. March of 2022. Uh, it becomes a very tricky exercise to start to talk about um, increasing tax rates going into a primary season because nobody wants to be sitting on the other side of a debate saying with a finger pointing at them saying you raised taxes. Right. That that never plays well. Right. We, we've talked about that before. Right. So if we get past, let's say, the end of 2021 without drastic changes, we probably see legislation that remains unchanged into 22. And then we have to start to again to look at the the second two years of the, the first presidential term, right, which is puts us in 2023 and 2024. Again, at the end of every year, we always see some movement in terms of extenders of legislation that might be sunsetting. Those are things we look for every year. So you see, basically, it's going to be dependent. The next step is probably going to be dependent on what the next Congress looks like. You don't see a high likelihood or any likelihood of a, a Hail Mary, so to speak, from the, the current Democratic makeup of Congress. I think it's highly unlikely as long as those two Democratic senators stay very much to the center which apparently they pledged to do as recently as some of the news programs that I've watched this morning. But stay tuned. Things can always change. Good deal. Good deal. Well, that's about all the time we have today. Um, as always, you can find this episode and all of our content on Spotify and iTunes. Please help the show grow. Like and follow us on LinkedIn. And for more thought leadership podcasts, livecasts, and more, you can always go to weaver.com. That's weaver.com. Well, wait, that way, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've got, I've got to get one of those. We'll see you all soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everyone.